Are you ready to go the distance? Go the disco, the disco, the distance. When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! Right now, plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. The certainty of uncertainty, and we're definitely seeing it now. Retirees face a lot of uncertain risks, and the one we're going to talk about today is what's on everybody's mind, inflation. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gills. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark, of course, certified financial planner. He's been doing this for more than 30 years. He's a fiduciary, independent, and you find him at EFS Wealth Management. That website is EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. I encourage you to check out that website. There's a, a wealth of information there. Uh, hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. And, uh, you know, we yeah, the certainty of uncertainty. I mentioned that to somebody, and they just, their jaw dropped and said, wow, that's the perfect description. <laughs> yeah, and we face a lot of that kind of stuff in life. And, and um, you know, as we're moving through life, we have a lot of time. Um, you know, we've got decades. Um, you know, and in retirement, we don't have the time necessarily to make mistakes when it comes to planning for the certainty of uncertainty. And so I've been gone for about a month, um, was down in uh, Florida, uh, had the grandkids down there nice. and uh, went to Disney World and just kind of uh, relaxed. And if you if you look at the past uh, podcast that I did, which was right before I left. Um, uh -huh. you, know, I, you know, this is a month ago, so I'm trying to remember what that was. Uh, but I think it was talking about the war because I think that started right before I left. And, you know, so that was an uncertainty. Um, yeah, although, nobody saw that coming either. Yeah. Although, you know, you look back and I would encourage you to uh, listen to um, that podcast uh, because having 30 years of experience gives me uh, a lot of perspective on different things. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. 
Um, but I do have perspective, and I think the perspective then was probably spot on um, because um, probably a, a day or two after that uh, podcast, the market bottomed, and uh, we are now precipitously higher. And uh, if you sold out because of the uncertainty of what was going on, uh, you lost a lot of money. And, uh, you know, some people did, I'm sure, you know, and now they're saying, well, the market's going to go back down. And, you know, you can't do that. You can't time the market because you have to be perfect twice. You know, you have to be perfect about getting out and then you have to be perfect about getting back in. And what happens is the market's higher. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to buy in now and admit that you were wrong? Well, your brain is telling you, you know, that, you know, you're wrong. You know, and you you need to be right, so you should wait. Um, and that that's that's the wrong answer. And normally, that is going to cost you a lot of money over time. Uh, sure. It probably, it's going to cost you a lot of money right now if you do it, because you know, when are you going to get back into the market? Two percent higher, three percent higher. When we set new all time highs. Um, and yeah, I think we're probably going to have some type of a pullback here. You know, um, maybe a a you know, one-third to 50% retracement of the rally that we've just seen. Um, but I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what the future is, but I know purpose and I know planning and I know how to plan for the certainty of uncertainty. And so another big one, you know, that we've been talking about or hearing about anyway, and we've been seeing it everywhere, uh, is inflation. Oh, And man. it's something that we haven't had to deal with for um, – you know, what, a decade or more? More. Yeah, exactly. I and, mean, you know, you yep. think back to the 70s and 80s, early 80s, that's when inflation was really big. And, and now it seems to be coming back with that kind of uh, momentum. Well, you got to understand, inflation is driven by too much money facing too little things or too few things. I mean, that's that's the definition of inflation. You know, it's like going to an auction and giving everybody – you know, excess money to bid on things and saying, well, you can't take any of the money back with you after the auction and there's, you know, whatever's there, you've got to spend all your money on. Well, the last things that are there, the, you know, last things that go up for sale are going to be bid up the most because everybody's got to get rid of their money. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, playing poker and, you know, you're at the end of the night and you might as well go all in. Um, and it's not really real money anyway if you're not playing with real money like most you know of our Texas Hold'em poker games you know maybe it's maybe it's a buy in of of you know 100 bucks but you get $10,000 for the chips or whatever sure um but anyway it's it's you know you can use a lot of analogies but one of the perspectives is and and one I think one of the misnomers that that you know is all of a sudden there's inflation here and you know we got to plan for it uh, and yeah, it's 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 a big jump uh, in prices and fuel, um, in other items, lumber, building costs. You know, you name it, it's across the board. Um, you know, except for technology. I don't know if technology's gone up. Technology usually goes down in price. I haven't really looked to see once what's going on with, you know, TVs and computers and you know all that other stuff. Um, but that's one thing that's really held down the cost of inflation over time is, is you know, technology costs decreasing uh, has offset some of the other increases in other things. 
but inflation has always been there, you know, and, and I remember when, um, you know, I was talking in the 90s, we did classes at, you know, local college, and, you know, we taught about um, cash flow, investing, insurance, retirement, inflation. I mean, it was, it was a three-day class that went over everything. And one of the things I'd always ask at that class to, to kind of demonstrate uh, inflation, because inflation's always been there. It's been there over the last 30 years. Even though we haven't had, you know, 7 8% inflation, the cost of everything over the last, you know, 30 years that I've been doing this has probably tripled, um, you know, for sure doubled, um, maybe even tripled over that 30-year period of time. So even though we haven't had high inflation, We've still seen prices and, and cost of living go up by two or th two to three times. And to bring that home to people in those classes I taught, I said, you've got to have some perspective. So if you're in your 20s or 30s, you, you don't really understand what inflation is. You haven't really realized it because it's kind of sneaky. You know, it just kind of happens and and you don't really realize it because you know you don't go to the store and see you know a hundred percent increase in in price from one day to the next uh, but but the question I asked was how many people drove here in a car that they paid more for than the first house they bought and you know in those classes there were people of all ages you know from their twenties all the way up into their sixties um, and what I was looking for was somebody that was, you know, my age, which was somebody who was in their 50s that bought their house about 30 years ago. And so I can relate back to that. Um, the house that we bought 30 years ago uh, when we first got married, so it's almost exactly 30 years ago today, we paid, you know, and this is in the Midwest here, so people, so, you know, we're not living on the East Coast or West Coast, but we paid $95,000 for a um, four-bedroom ranch house. And so, you know, it, it was a nice, it wasn't brand new, um, and it was out on an acreage, it was a nice house. And today that same house is about $400,000. Oh, my gosh. Boy, well, you talk about more than double. I mean, triple. Yeah, that's quadruple. Yeah, and that's, that's quadruple. You know, and that's probably right around where, where house prices have gone. Uh, all over the country, and so what I and and usually what I'd say to people is, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to know what you know you paid for your car. I just want to know what you paid for your house. But what I tell people is, you know, if you could have imagined that, you know, you're going to be paying just about as much for your home as what you um, that you bought 30 years ago. Uh, is what you're going to be paying for cars 30 years in the future, you would have thought I was crazy. So I mean, it's, it's close. I mean, $95,000 30 years ago for, you know, a house. What are cars costing today? Um, well, they're they're close to that, you know, they're close to that $90,000 mark. I mean, if you buy a new, a new pickup uh, that's fully loaded um, or, you know, a upper tier SUV, um, you know, you're looking at fifty, sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars, and so what I tell people is, you know, look, look at what prices of homes are costing today. Um, you know, for the younger people here, you know, or even for people that are going into retirement, you know, so the average um, ranch new house is right in that that 
three hundred fifty, four hundred fifty thousand dollar range, and you know, look at um, what you're paying for cars. But keep in mind that, in my opinion, in thirty years, cars are going to be costing you um, probably close to that three hundred thousand dollar mark to buy a new car, and homes will be well over a million dollars wow. for a new home. That's wow. just with average inflation. You know, that's not ta- taking into account, you know, accelerated inflation of four, five, six, seven percent for, you know, many years. And hopefully we get inflation under control, but it's definitely something you want to plan for. You want to realize that it's there. Um, and we're going to talk about what can you do in today's world um, to, you know, plan for it as you're moving into retirement. Well, what can um, we do, Mark? I mean, it's it's a little it's a little intimidating for a lot of us because we haven't had to deal with inflation, especially from a retirement standpoint. Well, it's always been there. People just haven't realized that it's it's as you know hasn't reared its ugly head you know as much as it has. Seeing fuel costs double in a year, you know you know cost of goods and everything up twenty thirty percent in a couple year period of time. I mean that hasn't happened for a while. Instead, it took you know, four, five, six years for the same prices to change in what it's taken a couple years to do recently. Um, so in the past, you know, what did we do when we factored in, you know, inflation into our retirement budget? We flack, we factored in, you know, a 3% adjusted inflation. Well, now advisors are saying, well, maybe you should factor in a 4 or 5% inflation rate into, um, you know, estimates going forward. And what we did in the past was factoring in that 3%, we overestimated inflation uh, because inflation was almost non-existent um, for the last five, six years. And now it's now it's there. And what we actually saw was our retirees telling us they didn't need more money because um, they had enough money without factoring in an adjustment to their income. So what they started receiving you know, a decade ago or five years before that, you know, when it came time to adjust their income and say, well, we built in, you know, the plan process, the planning process that, you know, every few years we're going to increase what you were taking for income. They were like, well, we don't need any more. We're good where we're at. Now we're starting to see people say, well, yeah, now now we'll take that adjustment, you know, that that 10% adjustment every five years or 15% adjustment every five years that we have built into our income for life model, which is a great planning tool. That's what we utilize. And like you had mentioned before, Steve, if you go to our website at EFS, the number four, the letter U.com, and you click on, you know, what's my income or do I have enough money to retire? It'll take you through an, a, a, planning process that is what is called time-segmented distribution, putting your money into different buckets adjusted by inflation for the purpose of what it's needed for during your retirement to take into account what you want to spend and adjust it for inflation. So it, it's a, we've already been doing this, um, and it's worked well. Um, and going forward, it's not necessarily about not doing what we were doing in the past, but it's it's, you know, having that discussion that, hey, we've already been taking this into account, and here's what you need to do with your investments to properly plan for inflation. And and I think that's really the nature of it, um, is you're seeing people lose 
um, you know, a lot of money. People thought that, well, you know what? Um, yeah, we understand stocks are volatile. Stocks go up and down. Um, but, you know, what's the phrase? You know, you know, have you looked at your bonds lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and, the thing. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the question people have, too. Well, what about bonds? And so if, if you know, if you were reaching for yield by going longer out with longer dated bonds, uh, have you looked at your bond returns lately? Because you might see your bond returns down 8, 10, 15%. And equities are down 3, 4%. Bonds are down two to three times as much. And so, you know, bonds don't necessarily in a inflationary environment do what they've done in the past, which is protect volatility. And in some cases, having bonds in your portfolio actually is increasing your risk. Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! I plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. And so we want to talk about that, is what is the risk from bonds um, in your portfolio? And, and you know, people have not had the the you know the experience of seeing what happens in a environment where yields go up a lot uh, the last time that i can remember this and there's been different periods of time um the last time i remember this happening was probably 1994 um which saw a uh, an adjustment in yields that was pretty significant um but I think yields now, we've probably seen either um, a comparative adjustment to what we saw in 1994 in a few months uh, compared to what we saw in 1994, which took a whole year. And the problem is, is we might not be done yet uh, with bond yields. And so what you have to look at is, is what's the history? People got so accustomed to bonds, you know, kind of cushioning their equity downturns. Um, and uh, we were at the end of really a 30 plus, um, you know, about a 30 year, 35 year bull market in bonds. So it was the longest bull market ever in almost anything. And it was bonds, you know, because, you know, yields were double digits back in the 80s. And bond yields, basically, if you look at a declining uh graph or you look at a graph of interest rates, yields declined um, for that entire period of time from the 80s until last year, um, you know, or 2020. And, you know, now we're in a bear market in bonds. 
And, you know, bonds are losing money, continuing to lose money. And when interest rates go up, here, here's why that happens. You know, if, if you had a bond that was yielding, you know, let's say 3%, and, you know, bonds probably weren't even yielding 3%, you know, a year ago or two years ago, uh, but we'll use 3%. And, you know, you bought that bond, you paid, um, you know, even par for it. So you paid for, you know, it was just newly issued. And let's say it was a 10-year bond. So you'd hold the bond for 10 years, you'd get 3% per year, and then you'd get all your money back at the end of the 10th year. That's the way bonds work. Sure. But if if now interest rates have gone up, and, you know, let's say six months from now, the exact same bond with the exact same risk, uh, exact same maturity, now is paying 4%, um, you can go buy a similar bond for 4%, hold it for 10 years, and you're going to get a 4% interest rate and all your money back after 10 years. Well, that's 10% more money uh, over that 10-year period of time. And you're owning that previous bond at 3%. Well, people aren't going to pay you what you were going to get uh, or what you paid for your existing bond, so they discount it. And so you see the price of existing bonds go down so that the yield to maturity on your 3%, so if, somebody, so if you wanted to sell your 3% bond, you have to sell it for a discount that will equal the same return as somebody buying that 4% yielding bond. And the longer the maturity of your bond, the bigger the discount because the bigger the difference in return over that period of time. So just the difference between 3 and 4%, that's a 10% difference in return. And so, you know, just simple math would say, well, your bond's going to go down by 10%. It's not quite that much. It's it's maybe a little bit less than that because of the compounding. But, you know, 10% is a lot of of loss if you need to sell your bond. Now, of course, if you hold it to maturity, you know, you're going to get that 3% interest rate, you're going to get all of your principal back. The problem lies in is that a lot of people don't own individual bonds. They own mutual funds that don't have a maturity. They never mature. You know, you don't own the individual bonds. You hold a, a holding that holds all kinds of bonds, and they always are buying new bonds, and they never mature. And so you don't have control over the decline in prices, you can't hold a mutual fund to maturity. So there's an inherent flaw there um, that you have to understand, you know, how things work. We're believers in holding individual bonds because you have more control over your total return because you don't have somebody panicking, you know, selling their bonds, causing, you know, the fund itself to sell bonds and basically sell your bonds out because of panic sales from other people causing you losses, even though you didn't might maybe want to sell bonds in your portfolio. Anyway, that's that's a whole nother discussion. We're really getting to the weeds there. But again, there's risks to bonds. And, and I've got people that, that ask me and say, well, what about, you know, tips, treasury inflation protected securities? Sure, sure. Um, if you already own tips, fantastic. Just keep them. But if you're thinking about buying tips, you know, the train has already left the station. And so the prices are already been priced into tips. You might be chasing returns. And actually, uh, if inflation, you know, now settles back down, 
you might end up buying tips and actually losing money on them too because the prices of them have been bid way up. Oh, I see. So if someone, yeah, you're right. So if someone has a has them now, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of like well, selling stocks after they've gone down by twenty percent. Yeah, well, you know, or, <laughs> you don't or buying or, or buying stocks after they've gone up a huge amount. Um, you know, same thing with with Treasury protected, you know, inflation adjusted securities is they've gone up a lot um, based upon what people perceive, um, and you know, just by demand. You know, so mm -hmm. people are buying them because they think it's a good thing. And I'm saying, you know, the trains already left the station on those. They're already priced in for inflation. And so it might not be the best timing uh, to be doing that. Um, floating rate may be a good way to kind of hedge um, against that. You know, one other investment product which isn't tied to interest rates, um, you can't lose principal are fixed annuities. And so fixed annuities up until probably a week or so ago were kind of paying paltry returns. You know, maybe you could find a fixed annuity that was at 2%, you know, and, you know, that's not really that exciting, but better than bank rates. Um, but now they're, they're a little bit better than that. You can find some fixed rates that, you know, are, you know, over 3%. And, you know, they're comparable to CDs, you know, and comparable to bonds with the exception that if interest rates rise uh, in a fixed annuity, you don't see a loss of principal. Um, they're not liquid usually. They usually have, you know, a term associated with them, you know, three-year, four-year, five-year, six-year, seven years, similar to a CD where, you know, if you do want your money out, you pay a penalty. Typically, there is some liquidity in those fixed annuities, but they are alternatives for people that are totally risk-averse. They want something that's guaranteed. They want a little bit more interest than what the bank is going to pay. You know, fixed annuities um, are, are some alternatives to that, as well as what, they're, what they would call their hybrid uh, cousin, which is what is called a fixed indexed annuity. Um, which are tied to a market index, and they also have, you know, loss limits where you can't lose your principal in market downturns. Um, they have the potential to get better than fixed rates because they're typically tied to a market index like the S and P five hundred. Um, you know, maybe the Euro stocks fifty, some other hybrid index, uh, the Nasdaq emerging markets. You know, they, they give you a percentage return, and they are complicated um, investments similar to what you would find in the investment arena. So you want to be educated about them because they're not all created equal. They're not the same as a fixed annuity where you know if you buy a fixed annuity, it has five years and you're getting a 3% guarantee. You can walk away after five years with all of your money. You know what you're going to return. Fixed indexed annuities usually have one guarantee, and that is guarantee of principal, but the returns can vary significantly, and they have to be paid attention to. You can't, set, you can't really necessarily set them and forget them for a period of time. You really have to be working with somebody that understands how they work in that particular marketplace. 
And these are all things that you go over with with your clients. And and I mean, right now, I'm guessing that your phone is not ringing off the hook because the clients that you have now, they're protected with the money that they need right now. But they're still it's still okay because if it's money they don't need for five years or ten years, it's okay. Yeah, I was gone for a month, um, and you know we've got you know hundreds of clients, and so we you know when I when I talked to the office, I didn't just disappear. I did work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm from the Midwest, so it was kind of chilly here yet. But, you know, it was in the 80s in Florida for most of the time that I was down there. So it was nice. But, you know, I did work and I did check in in the office, you know, because we were in a volatile period of time. Go figure, every time I go on vacation, something crazy happens in the markets. Um, but we got very few phone calls. And the reason was, again, if you go to our website, efs for you dot com um you know efs the number four the letter u dot com um you'll find that you know we time segment money meaning that you know we have money that retirees are taking income off of are in a fixed position and so they didn't lose money when interest rates went up they didn't lose money when the stock market went down because they're taking money from a fixed position for that first period of time that they're retired. Did their other investments uh, in their longer dated, um, longer term buckets that were 10, 20 years out, did those lose money? Absolutely they did. Um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say lose money because you don't lose anything unless you liquidate something at a price below what you paid for it, but they lost value. Um, just like everything else did in the marketplace, um, they recovered probably 75% of that decline, uh, as I'm talking here this morning. And they weren't necessarily worried about their investments. They might have been worried about what's going on in the world um, because you know we have the clients that have been through multiple downturns using the same strategies that we use now. And so they understood that you know, things happen, but they have insulated um, plans that are put in place to, you know, keep them from making a emotional response that permanently impairs their future retirement income, basically. Sure. Well, again, I mean, you, you know, yeah, I mean, these are the kinds of things that, that you do every day and that you've seen. And again, with more than 30 years in the business, I mean, you have seen numerous ups, downs. You've lived through recessions. You've lived through market corrections. And, you know, it's just it's just comforting to know that, you know, you're looking out for us. You're a fiduciary. You're independent. You've got a lot of experience. Those are all the things that we look for. Yep. And what I've talked about on here is what really your investment professional, if you have one, and if you don't, I would encourage you to, you know, get one. Um, you know, even if you don't let them manage a hundred percent of your portfolio, I think the the relationship with a good investment professional uh, is going to benefit you. You know, we've got many clients that we don't manage all of their money. Some of them they manage it themselves and have for years, um, but we manage a portion of it because they appreciate the input that we give in terms of tax planning, estate planning, uh, and even you know, in the investment world, you know, things that they don't know um, that we do uh, helps them not only with the money that we're managing for them, but helps them, you know, continue their 
uh, investment process with the money that they're managing. But a good investment professional is going to help you to navigate you know, this inflationary environment, is going to have access to sophisticated defensive strategies that are going to help you hedge against market losses, both in equities and in bonds. Uh, and so, you know, of course, I d am talking from a bias because that is what I do. Right. Um, of course. So <laughs> well, that but, makes sense. But, but again, a, a investment professional that that, uh, you know, has those tools available, that's independent, that is a fiduciary, you know, should be able to add value to your situation, not just the investment situation, but probably other things as well. And, you know, I'll leave that with you today. Um, you can definitely reach out to us, you know, email me at mark at efs4u.com. Call me, 712-224-465. Um, and I definitely will visit with you, see what, what your concerns are. Is there anything that we can do to help? Or maybe just answer a couple simple questions for you. You know, there's no cost. There's no obligation to visit with us. Um, and I always enjoy uh, a good conversation as I'm sure you probably do, too. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.